Here's here. Cheers my cup. <laughs> cheers. Cheers your cup. Cheers. Like cheers. 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 Um Happy cheers. <laughs> this is, what? This is what way is less awkward right than, than the last time around. <laughs> um happy day everyone. Happy Welcome day. to Homebound Happy Hour episode number 41. 41. Uh, my name would be Andy. I'm Anna. And we really want to thank you for joining us once again for a lovely happy hour. It's uh um, do we have a lot to talk about? I mean, there's not been much going on in the news this week kind at of, all. Kind of a slow news week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just an inauguration is all. Oh, yeah. That, that's a big one. It is a big one. They're, they're all supposed to be big, right? But yeah. I don't know. I, I remember past inaugurations and not, not that I didn't care about them, but... Yeah, it's a little younger, and it was just—it just seemed like um, more pomp and/or circumstance, mm-hmm. uh, because they, again, back in presidented times, they would throw like these huge part of these balls, these mm-hmm. inaugural balls. Presidented times. President. Uh, <laughs> uh, see what you did there. That's clever. Hey yo! Uh, if you can hear, there's a, like a noise in the background, and it is Dottie. Trying to get every last drop of her her dinner. She is yes. She, she is clangs the dish. The the ill ill advised purchase of buying metal bowl holder and stainless steel. Right. <laughs> At least we know we're feeding her something delicious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She'll just be like, like right. just with her paw like in disgust. Like, <laughs> meh. What is the slop? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sure it's been 24-7 inauguration. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, although, it has been for us, too. We've been following all of that. Yeah, we pretty much just had it on all um, the whole whole day. And, and, of course, this is very significant. It's very um, important, uh, but also very... Uh, I don't know. Lots of words. Cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, just people are relieved. People are are happy now, and uh, and I know that's a big deal. And and uh, you know we don't need to rehash every single. Well, yeah, I mean, play by play. This everyone's is... being inundated with everything presidential in the United States right now. Well, so from let's, uh, let's take a break from that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from everything from like the fashion to. You know the the memes, yeah, like the Bernie meme. There's a million Bernie yeah. memes today. It's interesting what what How people fast. will grab onto uh-huh. and and run away with, so to speak. Um, yeah, so so inauguration it happened, and and there we go back to back to the news being boring. Hopefully, for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope. Um, not really. I mean, that, you right? Know, you know what I'm saying, though. Like a lot of people are just like, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to have to like take a breather yeah. before the the next round of work starts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, something else significant happened. Yes, on that, an inauguration day of your. Yeah, and so inauguration days are significant to us. 
because that's the anniversary of us meeting. Yeah, we we met uh, by chance on the last inauguration day in 2016, uh, 17, 17 yeah. year of our Lord. Right? Yeah. A.D.? Yes, A.D. Okay. We're not, we're <laughs> no, not vampires. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, was BC. a lot of people are surprised to hear that we actually haven't known each other for as long. Um, we we got married like a little more than a year after when we met. It was pretty quick. Yeah, within but a year. I don't, it didn't seem... It didn't seem quick or rushed. No. It was just... When I think, like, we kind of decided that neither of us had any intention of... We weren't looking to get married or anything like that. It was just, like, the fact that we decided we wanted to marry each other meant that we should. Because neither of us were crazy about the institution to begin with. Right. And we both had just different um, experiences with it. Um Right, like, you know, my myself being a child of divorce, yeah. that was a strain on me. And me being a person of a divorce. Right. Having had one of those. A previous marriage. Right, and not to say that I, you know, automatically decided that all relationships have to be bad from there on out. No, of course not. I think you just, you have a different perspective on what you seek in terms of happiness in mm-hmm. your life. You don't want to just go date willy-nilly. Right. And the act of getting married was never something that I had on my, you know, check checklist that I needed for happiness, you mm-hmm. know, Andy's happiness, you know, has all these check marks, right. you know, and dogs, you know, and and it wasn't always dogs. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think well, I don't know, but we do have like a a cute meeting story, though, kind of. We do a meet cute, if you we will. We should. Uh, we we haven't we haven't told that on the podcast, have we? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that might be worth spending a uh, a little bit of time. Just people might find it interesting. Okay, yeah, let's uh let's go check on our little noisemaker in the kitchen real quick and yeah. then come back and we can talk about that. And there's some stuff going on outside and I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I left a trash can out there. So, Oh yeah. And it's cause it's also trash day. Woo! <laughs> like that's the thing that I get excited the most about. <laughs> All right. So Noise. Kitchen noisemaker and trash day handled. <laughs> yeah. Let's we, talk um, about the our beverage. Yeah, yeah. This is uh this is a happy hour podcast and we are supposed to talk about drinks. <laughs> sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But um we're always drinking. We just don't always talk about the drink. Um I made a little just impromptu blueberry simple syrup a couple nights ago and have drizzled that over a gin and soda. So pretty basic, simple. I've really come into um, into gin, like liking gin. Same here. Um, every everything you've made, but well, everything you've made has been great. Um, but I guess I'd never, I'd always kind of shied away from it because I didn't really. 
It's a floral. Really like, yeah, I didn't really like the things that I had tried with it. And I don't know if it was just because they were not made well or or just they were just terrible choices. I mean, gin and tonic is yeah a go-to. That's not my favorite. I used to like a gin and soda with a splash of tonic. Like soda water? Yeah. Oh. Because tonic's just way too sweet for me. So just a little splash is fine. Um, I think the blueberry adds a nice little perkiness to the floral mm-hmm. nature of the gin. Do a lot of people order gin and juice because of the stupid song? Not in the stupid song. No, but people hardly ever order gin and juice. Really? That's It's very rare. Like, if anything, it's like gin and grapefruit or... Yeah, hardly at all. Interesting. You'd be surprised some of the weird concoctions, though. That's that's something for another day, is like the weirdest drinks I've ever made on request. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Because I've got a lot of them. But I believe, Andy, we were going to talk about the day we met. Yes. Yeah. How did you wake up that day? It was a cold Friday. It was? It, no, it was a rainy Friday. Very much. And um, I woke up preparing to go to work to my job of a couple of months. Uh, in my tiny apartment I woke up in my tiny apartment my job was at at a workplace <laughs> so you just started there you just moved here yes uh, a couple months earlier I moved in in October uh, so about a month before election day and then you know this is now inauguration day 2017 and I woke up and I proceed to go take my morning shower and stepped into the bathroom and sploosh like what just does that mean? water everywhere well on the floor right like a, a good amount of water on the floor such that said sploosh occurred when i stepped in <laughs> it uh so i realized uh that there was some kind of a leak and i didn't know at that point if it was rain induced or or something but there was water definitely coming down from the it was kind of uh, unsettling because it coming from the ceiling um light fixture you know the bathroom light fixture there was that now um (laughs) my landlord spared a few expenses uh in remodeling this you had like office carpeting in your old apartment (laughs) yeah he did he did uh the kind that's so hard a rolly chair is fine on it that's, yeah, when, that's the yeah. kind of carpeting it was when i saw the apartment when i was moving getting ready to move here uh it was completely stripped like it was, it was barren and he's like yeah i'm doing all new so you're gonna get new counters new cabinets new everything and so that was one of the selling points plus i needed a place to live and uh yeah he he went with probably the cheapest things not that i'm saying that's bad um you know, I just for what they were charging. I just had to myself on my own house had to have a pretty big water repair, um, water damage repair thing. But anyway, um, I called him up immediately, and and he was pretty responsive. It, he said, "Yeah, yeah, I know about it. Uh, the leak is actually upstairs. I don't know how the rain affected it, or if it did at all. If it was um, just coincidence, but." He said, yeah, we'll be there. Um, it'll probably be a couple hours, uh, but we'll be there and we'll be there to fix it. So, you know, so I called into work and said, yeah, I, uh, uh, I've got water everywhere and I'm going to be out for at least the morning. So 
he got there within a couple of hours and yeah, it was a pretty easy fix and got the water out of there. Um, but then I realized that I really didn't want to go back to work or into work at all because it was gloomy. It was rainy. It was inauguration day. I was already uh, just so, I don't know. Depressed. Yeah, I was like general ennui. <laughs> Je- <right. laughs> Definitely a protuberance of my soul was occurring or whatever. Um, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I still, I still trying to learn about the city. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, go go someplace that the the people at work have been telling me about. They said I should check out Liberty Station sometime, uh, and that just popped in my mind. And I said, oh well, I'll I'll find some place to go eat down there. I'll go down there, grab lunch, and then you know, hang out for the rest of the day. And so I did. I went to Slater's 50-50, which is a burger burger spot. Burger joint. Giant bronze hamburger out front. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really have a plan that day, but I I went and ate. I sat at the bar. Uh, Took a little bit longer than it was supposed to. And I was a little, not uh, agitated, but just, you know, impatient, I guess. It was taking so long to get my check and to get out of there. So, um, I decided yeah, it'd be, it's not too early for a drink. So, um, I should go back to that one place that I've been to a couple of times and, uh, you know, the bartender seemed pretty cool and, um, I'll, I'll just see what's going on there. It's early afternoon. And I went there and parked down at the, uh, other end of the bar where, we tend to sit now. I mean, from the now. Uh, so, spoiler alert: uh, this was the the famous, infamous the me- bar, the meeting place, the meeting place. Uh, and I was just kind of there, glancing up at the TV every now and then, just exchanging some some uh, you know whatever chat chatty chat talk with uh, with Jeremiah, a friend of the podcast. You may remember Jeremiah from and, past uh, episodes, such as. <laughs> Et cetera, and, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and Anna had, had come in at some time uh, when I was there uh, with a friend. And, you know, I stayed there for a little bit, obviously. And then your friend. I'll patch up the point, rest of the story. Yeah. Um, just so we can meet eventually without spoiling how we met, uh, I woke up to a rainy rainy day as well and a friend of mine craig got in touch with me about going to lunch because he knew i was Mm. all upset about the inauguration and pretty devastated about that perturbed (sighs) yeah protrude i just you know my one of my best friends had gotten married the day before at the courthouse and i was so 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 happy for her Mm -hmm. but we did taiwan on a little bit after the fact so i might have been a little bit hungover but um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like too, too wacky of a night, but, uh, anyway, Craig and I went to lunch and again, it was pouring fucking rain. Like the gutters were overflowing with water, just dirty water. Yeah, Cause the bad. city hadn't had a good rain in a while. Um, I feel like that whole month was just super dreary. I don't, you Stormy. know, I have, I have a terrible memory and I, I don't <laughs> remember yeah, a lot of that I, month. I do remember day, and there was course, a lot. Then... It was a lot. Because um, the week, I think like two weeks before that, I had hung out with a bunch of friends and it was the same kind of weather. 
Um, anywho, moving on from that, uh, Craig and I went to lunch. We weren't done hanging out, so we went and grabbed some dessert someplace and drank like two pots of hot tea. And we were all teed out. Like, I can't pee anymore. I've had so much tea. Like, this is just, um, you know, we want to keep hanging out because we don't get to see each other that often. Let's just go grab a drink, even though I had not planned on doing so that day. So we ended up in, at the time, my favorite watering hole. Um, and probably still to this day is. Yes. But, um, you know, Craig and I sat down, like, toward the end where this gentleman was sitting by himself and I thought he looked familiar like one of the businessy businessmen that would come in and hang out at that side of the bar um but I like I was like he's familiar but I don't know him basically and then Craig and I kept talking and all of a sudden I got you confused for and I know who this (laughs) is now someone that's such a douche but I didn't I didn't know you (laughs) and you were kind of the same build and stature as this person so and I didn't know him too either. Huh. Like well, I just remember him and his like business friends. Oh, what, like well, the, I was casually dressed. I wasn't in my busy busy business person clothes. Well, I know, but I didn't I didn't know you, so I didn't recognize recognize you. I was wearing or... the finest polo collar golf shirt, tucked into <laughs> pleated khakis. <laughs> None of that's true. Braided belt. Um, I do remember what I was wearing that day, but that's not important to the story. Um, Craig all of a sudden in like mid old fashioned gets uh, a text saying like emergency you have to pick your daughter up from school like our schedules got flipped with his ex-wife and then he's like shit I'm so sorry like you know I gotta go pick up my kid so he bounces and then within like at least five or ten minutes the guy two seats down and I started talking and that was Andy and that was me. It was him. <laughs> I also friends with Jeremiah too, but it was like the three of us were kind of talking together. Yeah. And then Andy was like, "If you don't mind terribly, madam, I'd like to switch seats to be closer Would to you to continue this be conversation." Interested in? <laughs> um, no, and the rest is history. I think that night I posted to Facebook that I'd met my soulmate. Oh wow. Yeah. We didn't Facebook I, friend. We that didn't day, Facebook that friend day. that day, but I took it down before we did so you wouldn't <laughs> see it. Which that little ditty is in my wedding vows. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember you saying that from the vows. Right. Yeah, we pretty much were inseparable from that day forward. We've only been apart days when you've been out of town. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Ta da. Yeah. So um Me regardless. Too. Yeah, the uh, the the moral of that story is that inauguration day, regardless of which person is getting inaugurated, um, is always going to be a a significant and special day for us. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's cause right. to celebrate. Uh, so that's our cool little true story, and it's a uh, it's a little fitting because. This week, uh, we we got into some some true stories, right? Watching wise, and yeah, you're I right. Think we decided to uh, kind of explore that a little bit. Yeah, let's let's documentary it up. Documentate. Document. Document. We're gonna talk about documentaries. 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. So, as previously mentioned, um, we we got into a couple of a uh, couple of documentaries or documentary series uh, in our what we're watching, and uh, it made us kind of think and talk about just documentaries in general. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting because I, I guess it, <laughs> I don't know if it's maybe as you get older. <laughs> Um, but you develop more of an appreciation for documentaries because, you know, that, well, I guess still at any point in someone's life, if you ask someone, would you rather watch a documentary about the Titanic or would you rather watch the movie Titanic? Um, you know, there are people that are going to choose either one based on, based on a lot of things. And so it kind of got me into thinking about this general concept of, of, documentaries and truth telling versus fact telling mm-hmm. and i looked up you know i just did a, a basic a, a real shallow internet search for just notable documentaries and there's there's tons of different lists out there i mean you know they're the the 50 best documentaries ever the 50 best documentaries this year and the 50 best documentaries on netflix right now i mean there's so many of them you can't really describe it all in one i think group like it doesn't apply to everything definitely gotten more popular in the mm -hmm. last few years yeah um but there's a lot of things like true crime true crime stories are huge and it's just interesting because um a lot of times well pretty much documentary is told from the the filmmaker's perspective and there's a specific story that they that they tell and sometimes that's intentional and sometimes that just emerges and really just just makes me think about how i think especially younger you view documentaries as kind of like you view the news as just the retelling of facts and there's difference between facts and truth uh, and truth is much more subjective than than facts like if you if you ask someone to you know explain the facts of the whatever what what was one of the ones that i watched oh the five was it 567 votes or whatever about the speaking of elections about the gore uh bush mm-hmm. election so if you ask someone to just tell you the facts They'll say, you know, Gore had this many, Bush had this many, the electoral votes were this and this, it came down to this, whatever, 567 votes in this county. But if you ask someone to tell their truth about what happened, depending on who that person was, um, that paints a very different picture and a more more robust, and, so, and a lot of times, you know, by a story. So... I guess like one thing that I think about that connects is just the, the things that we experience, like our jobs. And I've seen quite a few education documentaries about teachers and things like that. Uh, what about, like I was trying to think, are there, what documentaries are there for your profession? Uh, there's a show, but it's more of like a, a 
it's not scripted, but it's it's a show about different bars and how to make their signature drink and stuff like that. Well, there's stuff like Bar Rescue. But that's not really... I mean, I don't consider that a documentary. I feel like those are scripted anyways. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, if you were to make a documentary about about your profession... Yeah, I don't know. There's you... so much, like, that doesn't get said to the public about... I like think we what had, happens behind the scenes and all that. I was thinking about that, and I want to say the first so the first time we talked to Jeremiah, I may have asked them what, or maybe it was Mary. I know it was one of the bartenders asked what, like what stereotypes do you see in in films or in pop food culture mm-hmm. about bartending? Um, you know, do you do you come across that you wish would stop? Because I think it was they, Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are. Like I said, it's you know, it's like that behind the scenes, like how we go cry in the walk-in, mm-hmm. and it's like a joke, right? Like people don't actually people do go cry in the walk-in, but it's not like as common as it it's made to sound, like mm-hmm. that we're just like upset every day and going to cry, or it's more like the brunch boys thing it's like we just go out for one drink tonight and then everybody ends up staying till close Mm -hmm. till like two in the morning and then we all have to work brunch in the morning so that's the brunch boys you know that i can't think of a documentary about the service industry right now but i'm sure there's plenty there's that i haven't seen it well that's the other thing i realize is that all these lists of these best documentaries i've seen maybe a handful of the ones listed oh yeah uh there's just so many but i know there was that seen a million but there was that one psalm about the sommelier oh yeah that was good i didn't see that we should watch it right now okay yeah bye all right i'm gonna go watch it right now live (laughs) and give you my reactions this will be a four-part episode. <laughs> no, but we have been watching like a good amount of true crime lately, and I've noticed that that's that has a huge fan base too. What do you think that is? You think people are just? We were kind of talking about a little bit about last night, but mm-hmm. I mean, people are just fascinated with murder and with crime, and yeah, I something that kind of. I not bothers but concerns me is like the glamorizing of the killers. Yeah, that's always been a little weird to me and we you know some of you that listen to two podcasts there there are several out there that are true crime podcasts mm-hmm. and and uh sometimes the the followers of those podcasts get a little too um I don't know just from my observation they they become very involved in the, I guess sort of the quest part of it. Yeah. Um, like the like the Michelle McNamara uh, documentary. Oh yeah, um, which you, we you, talked about on this podcast. You know, you you twice. It was her quest. I mean, it really was. And so to find a piece of information or to, you know, uncover some evidence or some key, you know, whatever was like a win and a happy and a joyous moment uh but then it's also very macabre and mm-hmm. sad and because you're this is a person that that killed people and 
It makes me think of that don't fuck with cats too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the the show, it's not a documentary, but Night Stalker. Mm. No, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But the the scripted show with the the guy who's king, uh what's his name in Hamilton? Oh, um Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Yeah. Yes. I loved that show. I mean, that was it was tough to watch, though. It, it was. was really tough to watch. Yeah, and that's just—it's not documentary, but um, really well done. We also watched. It was a while back. I don't know if you remember it, but um, that show abducted in plain sight about the young woman or the young girl who was abducted by their neighbor because mm-hmm. he was obsessed with her, and. I don't know. This is the part you'll probably remember. Both of the parents had affairs with the guy. No. The mom and the dad both had affairs with the man that eventually abducted their child. That was a that one was really bizarre. That that was really bizarre, but it's I think the other thing about the documentaries is that you know that whole that whole cliche the saying that truth is stranger than fiction and you know, they're so compelling because these stories are so fucked up, but they're mm-hmm. real life things that happened. Yeah. And uh, it, I don't know. It, um, like I said, it, it, I think it, that line that they try to, to, um, to follow between facts and truth is, is often blurred. Just even when we're, when we're talking about it. Well, many documentaries come from a storytelling perspective. Sure. Like, you know, the one we watched yesterday, Crazy Not Insane, was very much told the story of the doctor, Dr. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was her story, so you don't hear the truth of the other people. Do you think documentarians may have uh, like an addictive personality or an obsessive tendency because in order to you know to be able to make a film and tell this story I mean they've got to be really interested I'm thinking you have to about, live in it yeah I'm thinking about people that that have made tons of documentary like Michael Moore you know, right someone like that he seems like he has an obsessive personality yeah when he gets to thinking about something, he really, you know, digs deep and and goes in there. I mean, and I'll agree. I mean, like a lot of people on on the right will will uh, criticize a lot of his work as being a little more um, like biased. Yeah, and he does. I mean, he definitely has yeah. a tinge on that. Like, I I don't know. Else. That does make me wonder because I mean, there's a joke, and it's. It's so silly. There's a joke on Sex in the City about that, mm-hmm. um, where Carrie goes out with this guy who's a documentarian, and he's like, I don't care about the fucking seagulls. I am just doing this until I can make big budget blockbuster films. Huh. And so there is that degree of like, do, are they truly passionate about this, or are they just doing this as a segue to make a career? Yeah. But I think that you have to embed yourself so deeply in the subject for a documentary right that it i mean you have to be obsessed with it right theoretically yeah that's what i don't (laughs) i don't remember which oscars it was but um 
and I couldn't even tell you which host it was, but they made a joke after they presented the award for the the best documentary short short subject. So you know, like 15, 20 minute documentary and um the presenter said, you know, this is this is a truly remarkable you know, accomplishment. Like there there you you need to appreciate the amount of work that goes into making this. Like this I said this Oscar is not going home in in a limousine, it's going home in the back of a Honda Civic. You know? Oh it's yeah, just because it's. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's funny. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't take it as a, a slight to, as a dig at the at the person. But it's I think just it like, was the person are... who won the award that said it. Oh really? Yeah. It's just like this is this is the amount of sacrifice, and this is what where people are at that are making these types of films. Well, we watched um, quite a few, but recently got into some unsolved mysteries yes yeah i mean i find those incredibly fascinating and that way you're not so sucked in by the story it's only like an hour mm-hmm. so but i mean there were some really interesting ones but if you don't like unresolved things and storylines and yeah <laughs> because you know these it's in the name <laughs> yeah it's definitely not solved although i think because of things like don't fuck with cats and all mm-hmm. the internet sleuths around and stuff that some of these may get solved now because of i mean those of us with nothing fucking better to do yeah than solve these crimes so i mean that would be really cool to see and speaking of um unsolved mysteries there is going to be not it's an actual unsolved mystery uh, a documentary about elisa lamb who is the young woman that um, was found dead in the water supply at the hotel in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, recently before that was seen acting erratically on film. Hmm. So I cannot wait for that because her story has always piqued my interest. Well, we did watch Night Stalker, which is the four episode. Yeah. About Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. That one was... I mean, obviously, it's an interesting subject matter, but it focused primarily. Well, it was told. It was told from the perspective of the the detectives that worked on that worked the case, right? Uh, which is interesting. Um, well, they were like they were like jolly, like nice guys. I like the the one guy always spoke in cliches. Oh yeah, <laughs> which yeah. you picked up on pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like more than one way to skin a cat, kind of right. you know that kind of stuff. Um, well, you can tell that they enjoyed talking about it, but not in a. I didn't take it as as like a boastful way, but I mean they 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 were proud. They, that they were proud. Did it and and just excited to be a part about it and talk about it, and they probably have done it. <laughs> yeah, for a majority of time since then, it's almost like oh, this is perfect. Uh, happy hour conversation because these are the guys that come to happy hour and regale you with the story. It's mm-hmm. like, oh man, it, it, you know, and sure as shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did say that they hung out at a little bar in Chinatown yeah. before they went home for dinner. Yeah, and um, they would discuss the case there in that little bar. But again, like at back to that concept of of having obsessive personality you have to in order for them to solve the crime and to make the strides that they did i mean they poured and sacrificed they poured their lives into this and sacrificed Mm -hmm. time and 
and energy and I mean completely immersed themselves in this and that's what it takes yeah. to solve crime and that's that's that was a very unsettling feeling for me because it's like unless you know my case if something horrible happens to me unless it gets picked up by an overly obsessive devoted police it probably won't get solved hmm. just because time resources you know whatever it 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 takes a lot to figure out well and i think some of these cases the fact that they featured his wife so much in the story was a testament to that saying yeah he no he really wasn't home he wasn't a husband he wasn't yeah. a father the way he should have been but they solved this case yeah you know um and then I, you know, like I said earlier, like some of those killers get glamorized. That did happen yeah. with the Night Stalker. Like he had fans um, that were like mailing him pictures of themselves yep. in lewd positions and, you know, all that. Um, oh, the honking is starting. Oh. I don't know if you can hear that faintly, but. We live, uh, we live in a neighborhood where we people live in a neighborhood where like to honk. People, yes. To people celebrate. To celebrate. We'll do the car car motorcade parades. Yeah. With the honking. Yeah, there's a there's a landmark that's not too far yeah. from our house that is cause for celebration and also a place to protest as well. Um, Oh, I just, I'm surprised we hadn't heard that all day. I know, they're kind of getting a late start. You know what it is? <laughs> it's because everyone started drinking at... 7 a.m. this morning because the, the festivities were underway and they were like mimosas. I and had then, several friends that were doing that. And then around lunchtime, you know, people just probably Napped. got something to eat and just, and now they're up and like, all right, fuck it, let's, yeah. let's go. Sober enough to drive again. Let's go honk and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> got our, what do they call it? Your Rhoda. They rallied. They oh, they rallied. rallied. Yeah. yeah, it was like road beers. Um, <laughs> No, um, so Night Stalker and then that kind of, you know, lays the track for we did watch Crazy Not Insane on HBO Max, Yep. which um, is something we started when we were in Montana a few months ago, but we didn't get through it because it was like one of those put it on and fell asleep things. Yep. Because we had been driving like all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we watched and absorbed it yesterday. Which I think watching that was kind of what made me think about talking about this today. Yeah. Um, and I found that doctor that they focused on very interesting. Although I kind of feel like she wanted to diagnose everyone with multiple personality disorder. That was like her thing. Well, it's sort of like that's how uh, that's how uh, Dr. Michael Bodden got his notoriety because he had been a forensic uh, pathologist forever just working different cases and uh, HBO finally started doing a, a series called Autopsy. Oh uh, yeah, where, we've watched that. Yeah, where they they looked at cases, um, some of them cold, some whatever, or just talked about different cases and when they performed autopsies, what they were able to find, how were they able to you know, come up with uh, with key evidence that led to that led to capture. That's why we. <laughs> that's why we used to fall asleep to uh, 
forensic files mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff is fascinating but again like I'm what not, is, does I'm that not past say watching about us? forensic files i just um have seen them all does that what does that say about our us personality that we're able to fall asleep during horrific murders yeah i know because they're <laughs> you know they're talking about these terrible things they're like the laceration right uh, was eight inches or and the they ligature found marks. they found her in an oil barrel right. <laughs> and i'm like Christ. oh sleepy time her body was halfway liquefied mm. and yeah criminy no i i don't know it's just that that it's not always that exciting so it's easy to be bored and fall asleep to on forensic files right. at least well, what does that say when murder is not that exciting <laughs> <laughs> they're not all murders <laughs> mostly they're mostly they are mostly um what other so what other non-murder non-horrific crime documentaries have have stood out to you over the years i i never really got into documentaries um like very early on this Mm -hmm. is kind of a recent interest for me but you know it is stuff like you mentioned like titanic right versus the movie titanic like 100 percent, i will watch the documentary or um i was like nature documentaries or space or aliens but not like aliens you know but like i was supposed to be in a space documentary oh oh, tell us more andy so uh i would like to know more about the space documentary that you mentioned um well it's not as it's not as exciting as uh, I probably shouldn't have led up to it and then <laughs> paused because now everyone's expecting like this really cool this thing. grand so story. <laughs> I don't, I've reached out to some people and, that don't remember this. So this could be entirely the product of a fever dream that I had <laughs> at, at some point. But, um, but I'm pretty sure in these, <laughs> in the sixth or seventh grade uh, in my middle school, that they collected a handful of us childrens to be a part of a documentary. So there's a film crew and an interviewer uh, that they were going to ask us questions about the space program, about NASA, maybe the, I think it was the space shuttle missions. I don't remember the context, but I remember uh, we we were told, you report to this classroom, you're going to go in, sit down, they're going to ask you questions. You answer them. Here are the question. You know, they, they gave you the questions and you prepped your answers for them. Uh, and they said, at least from what I remember them telling me, that this was going to be like a PBS documentary about hmm. about space travel. So I guess, they, I don't know, they probably want to talk to kids about, you know. I wonder if we could find it somewhere. Where do you think? Well, I don't know. They never They never gave me any further information. Like, I don't know if it was completed or aired or anything like that so there's probably this random documentary with me out there like who knows were you were you pro space program <laughs> i don't think it was a like a pro or anti like, <laughs> it was on a debate right like, <laughs> i don't believe in space next question <laughs> um little <laughs> young little young texas andy young texas andy um no, I was, um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I want to say that it was something like, where Where do you think, 
like what do you think about a mission to mars or something like that i don't Mm. remember i wonder if we'll see that in our lifetime what a mission to mars Mm -hmm. isn't there one no i mean like like humans no well they made a movie about it that wasn't a documentary is that the one with a the martian yeah, <laughs> I, I said that so loud because I, I like got excited that I remembered what it was. Um, so no, so obviously we can't on this podcast tell you what the best documentary is. We talked to, to you about uh, a few of the ones that we've seen recently, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not gonna make a whole list of recommendations, but there are a few that I've thought of that were kind of interesting that I think you should check out because they're readily available uh, on so uh, not social media on streaming services. Uh, so there's one uh, called "Bring Down the House." Oh yeah, that was which amazing. I saw, uh, which is about uh, four four women running for Congress, including um, AOC, Cory Bush, Cory Bush, Paula Jean Swearengen. Yeah. I don't remember the fourth. We did tweet about it at the time. We did. And all of them liked our tweets, which was amazing. I know. Um, To have Cori Bush like one of your tweets, it's like really, really touching. Because she's just so, she's so amazing. Is it bringing down the house or tearing down the house? Uh... I swear we just watched it or we just talked about this. Uh, tear, tearing down? Knock down the house. Knock down. Every time I, I look at it, I never remember it. And every time I look it up, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Because it, I think of, I think of burning down the house. But I'm talking right. heads, but... <laughs> baby. Don't uh, sing it. We have to get the rights. <laughs> right. Uh, and Amy Villella of Nevada. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, um, this was the, around the 2018 campaign. So, um, Alexandra, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, Is she you know, the only one of, in the film that won? I believe so in the film. But Cori Bush has been elected since then. Of course. And... Um, so the the story what makes that neat is that it's it's um based on obviously their their journey but it it's more about the the role that the justice democrats which is a group that tries to get um that recruits um progressive candidates to to run for office Uh, and someone i forget who it was but it talks about who nominated them and that it follows them around a little bit. I mean, I guess technically, you know, since she was, she worked as a bartender and a server. I mean, that's kind of a documentary about people in (laughs) bartending and server. And, uh, but it's, I don't know. I think it's a very, um, honest and sincere look into that life because you know, I don't want to say that normally politicians are are not quote-unquote real people but that is kind of the the um 
the dig on them is that they're out of touch. They're yeah, they're elite, and so they actually recruit well, like, people from the community. You know, people right. like like AOC's competitor in that race was someone that was just like yeah, he was sure he was going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she ran. She ran. Uh, she's in a very heavily Democratic district, so the Democrat is going to win. Regardless, so um, Justice Democrats seeks out these types of of um, districts and tries to to bring in more progressive candidates to to run against them. Yeah, to challenge. So that was a good one. Um, I also remember back in the day, um, the uh, that McDonald's documentary supersized me. Oh yeah, I've never the, seen that. The Morgan Spurlock mm-hmm. um experiment and there there's there's some bias and a little bit of sensationalization in there, but uh if you're not familiar with it, it's this um it's a filmmaker, Morgan Spurlock, who uh does like a a a self experiment, I guess, and he commits to eating nothing but things on the McDonald's menu for breakfast, lunch and dinner for 30 days and uh just tries to document how that affects his didn't he lose weight no he gained weight he gained he gained a significant okay. amount of weight and i mean he, he claims he noted changes in his just his uh his overall mm-hmm. health mental and physically um but it also pointed out some of the things about um nutritional content in a lot of that food and you know, it's interesting to think about, um, but there's a couple of things I think that it misses. Like one, it's not intended to be consumed every day. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not meant to eat. McDonald's That's why it was like food. a special treat from your parents to go. Right. Um, but then also that was back when there was a huge push on this not just childhood, but um, especially childhood, but more like adult obesity, quote unquote, epidemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since it affected him so profoundly in 30 days, I think it kind of perpetuated the those those stereotypes and those myths that that people with larger bodies are just chowing down on McDonald's all day, every day. And we're unhealthy and we're this and that. And first of all, who can afford that? I know it's not cheap. It's so anymore. expensive now. I think the last time I went to McDonald's, which was in this past calendar, not calendar year, like in 2020. Yeah. Um, I got just like the, the quarter pounder, just the meal. Like I didn't upsize it or whatever. It was like over 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I guess it's gradually, the prices have gradually gone up. You don't really notice it, but I remember it used to be like combos used to be like three ninety nine, two ninety nine, three ninety nine. 99 yeah. $3.99, Or like they like used that. to have like 39 cent hamburger day or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I have two things in relation to that. One, that movie spawned super high me with Doug Benson. Oh, where he does where the... he got hella fucking high through the whole movie, and Doug Benson is a well-known yeah. comedian and stoner, so 
he just made like a follow-up movie to that but then also you watched the mcmillions thing when i was at work yes that was interesting um because that talked about i think i mentioned it on the podcast before i talked about the whole um i guess cheating um scheme that was it came out of the what the mick monopoly mick monopoly it was really hard to say i don't know how i did it (laughs) um so yeah that was interesting because you think i mean it was a big time operation but if you watch it you'll see that it was there were only a handful of individuals involved for something Mm -hmm. that was from this huge corporation uh, that they managed to to control everybody turned on each other Mm -hmm. i only i didn't i didn't really watch it I would just come home to like the tail end of an episode. Yeah, because it was it was a few episodes. Yeah. Um, what else? Always, you know, music music documentaries are always mm-hmm. are always of note. Yeah, we watched the Go Go's one. I think we actually talked about that. Yeah, um, they they can be a little a little biased as well, just depending on the the scope or the, maybe the thing that they're trying to focus in on. Versus the things that they're trying to avoid. Um, I mean, I watched uh, Finding Neverland. Right, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Survivors uh-huh. of the Michael Jackson thing that was tough. Um, I couldn't do it. That was the one that you watched while I was at work because I couldn't take it. Um, there's also the the Elvis Presley The Searcher, which is also on HBO max which is um which i thought was a pretty good one i've seen a, a few different elvis ones i, thought I remember that you one, talking about it yeah um there's also a couple of good ones that have come out in the last few years of um, my favorite and the best rock band to ever exist rush <laughs> big rush fan i would always that would be one of the most gleeful uh, discoveries on you know back when dvds were getting when they had special features if there was like a making of documentary or you know some kind of bonus documentary i was like <laughs> for rush no for anything oh for anything yeah <laughs> okay i remember the exorcist special edition what had a um a making of documentary no. and that's arguably the, the scariest movie yeah, of all time that's where i learned about all the all the horrible shit the director did and during the movie about oh yeah and then that reminds me of that horror movie documentary series that we watched about the the different horror movies or is one oh yeah we talked about that on here definitely i think we did that was good the cursed shows yeah oh yeah that's right that's what it was called cursed Oh, there's just so many, and it's it's so crazy to think about that. You watch so many without even realizing it now. Yeah, I think we definitely like documentaries. I think so. <laughs> so that's Do- the conclusion that documentaries. We, we like. No, we haven't made one. No, hey, but we should any day now. What should this we, is like? I mean, we, short of videoing this, this is like our own personal documentary. What should we documentate? We documentate our cocktails that i make and talk about current events and stuff every time we do this podcast that's true but it's not really what story is that telling 
was telling a story about us being pretentious. From whence is, <laughs> whence is that mind? Whence, How do we whence mind is it ourselves? Mind? Oh, <laughs> good goodness. Well, do you have any other ones on your list? Not that I can think of. These are all just things I'm rattling off the top of my head and have anything really, really prepared. But I think I just go back to that whole idea of of uh, you know I guess this having a, a more of an appreciation for that that genre of filmmaking or television when- because it's. We, you know, last last episode was labor of love, and I'm sure for the documentarians that is maybe not a labor of love, but a labor of obsession. Or yeah, something. I'm sure. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and talking about important. definitely like talking about bias too, because to tell those stories, you kind of have to pick a side. Right. Like, look at the staircase. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That point. was a good one. That was a really good one. I was hooked on that. The idea of like a an owl coming in <laughs> that, that 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 internet. Well, all right. Now that we've looked into that, <laughs> <laughs> you're lying. We haven't looked into anything. We have not done a single thing. Um. There was there was something interesting that happened today. Well. I mean, kind of cool was a local, um, a local business, Collins and Coop, who, um, is like a barware proprietor. Okay. They did an inauguration discount. So I ordered some things for pickup from them, uh, where it was like buy one, uh, buy one glass, get the second one 46% off. So they sell glasses? They sell they sell a lot of things. Just I I've never just... been inside of their store mm. because uh, I just learned about them during the pandemic. So uh, yeah, so it's like they have glassware for sure. They they sell things like bitters and different things like that. But I thought that was really awesome. So I just made a teeny tiny order to get some coops. Cool. Yeah. More glassware for me to break while washing. Yeah, or or me. Got them, got them slippery soap hands mm-hmm. occasionally. Yeah, any, I don't know. That's pretty much my only shout out because I thought that was really cool. It's been a good day. Yeah, it's been a good day. I almost don't. <laughs> it's like I don't know what to, uh, what else to do except. We pretty much just had it on the news all day, so I guess this is not the fun fun party time portion of the evening where you have like all the all this Hollywood celebrities come yeah, out like and Bon Jovi, Justin Timberlake, all those people. Yeah, they're gonna all do Joe Biden's pals. Yeah, Tim McGraw for some reason. That was interesting. Yeah, I, I was surprised I don't by really that. Really know anything about Tim McGraw, but I don't. I don't He's know. A I have that. I have that. Uh, Prejudice, if you will. Yeah, it was about like boo on me artists. for assuming. Yeah. Yeah. But you always learn. You yeah, should make assumptions, I, mean, I guess. Garth right? Brooks mm-hmm. was part of the inauguration today, so but not Chris Gaines. So weird how they're never in the same place at I the know, same time. Right? 
Well, anyway. you know what he should have done is he should have slapped some eyeliner on half of his face <laughs> and just done like the Victor Victoria thing. <laughs> it's like it's half Garth Brooks, half Chris Gaines. Well, but which is so which is the alter ego and which is the superhero? Because, you know, like I think Batman, Chris Gaines is the alter ego, right? Yeah. Is it? Or have we been made to think otherwise? Oh. Well, that's definitely something to ponder maybe, after this. Right. Maybe Chris Gaines is is that whenever Garth Brooks is needed, like they flash <laughs> the 10-gallon hat sign in the, in the sky. I think we need to do some internet sleuthing about belt this. belt buckle. Yeah. We'll be on that. That's, that's <laughs> next flash week's episode. the belt buckle. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I guess on that note. Yeah. Unless you have any shout outs or anything. Uh, I don't. Nobody did anything important this week. Um, except for the whole day was important, so that's great. <laughs> well, nobody I know. Yeah. Well, happy meet anniversary, Andy. Happy meet anniversary, Anna. Yeah. I'm glad we can continue um, our our happy hours. Yay! Happy hours together forever, forever and ever and ever, and they will never ever end ever. <laughs> uh, be safe. Be smart. Be sanitary. Love ya. Goodbye.